Well, good afternoon to everyone. Welcome to this January 12th edition of the Ag Market Network monthly cotton market teleconference. I'm Pat McClatchy, I'm the moderator of the program. Uh, we want to thank, uh, first off, our sponsor, BASF. Uh, they make this possible for you, and uh, it's something they've been do doing for quite some time, and we're very grateful to that. BASF is, as all of you know, the owner of FiberMax and Stoneville Cottonseed. We're very appreciative of them. Uh, today's lead speaker will be Dr. John Robinson. He's going to explain all this to us. He'll be joined by uh, Dr. O.A. Cleveland, Kip Butts, and, and Gerald Nieper. So let's get started. Uh, thanks for leading us, John. Uh, you're welcome, and good afternoon to everybody. So uh, looking at the world first, um, I would describe the uh, these adjustments sort of as moderate tightening in foreign world balance sheets, uh, beginning with the supply side, um, beginning stocks were a net like 140,000 bales fewer, and that was some modest tightening, I think, in West Africa, and that was partially offset in Bangladesh. World production was lowered 1.1, a little over 1 million bales. Most of that was accounted for by cuts in the U.S., but again, there were some modest adjustments that traded off between West Africa and Australia. Uh, world imports and exports were raised again, same as last month. This time it was closer to 4 million bales uh, for those two categories. Um, and then world domestic consumption, <laughs> this is what threw me, it was up a modest 100,000 bale change uh, month over month. Uh, but there was a lot. Of, there was one big change in China. Thank you, Kip. Up uh, half a million bales, and then Turkey was up two, and the U.S. was down one, and other places were down enough to basically almost offset the whole the whole deal. So just a modest uh, hundred thousand net increase in uh, uh, mill use. So bottom line of all that was 1.2 million bales uh, fewer of world-ending stocks. And I'd call that kind of a kind of a neutral, supportive sort of monthly adjustment. And the resulting level is now 96.3 million bales of ending stocks. And that you know that's still high, but it, it certainly takes the edge off where we were two or three months ago when we had ending stocks over over 100, 100 million. Um, so a, a positive positive adjustments, not dramatic, but positive in the world. Now the U.S. numbers. A lot of these changes happen, so things are a little bit more uh, dramatic to me. So to begin with, we, uh, the folks with longstanding and persistent uh, expectations of a smaller U.S. crop uh, continued to be vindicated by USDA coming in kind of late, but uh, lowering uh, projected production. They cut another million bales off of uh, forecasted U.S. production. Uh, and that's on top of the 1.1 million that they cut in December. This time, it was a result of a number of different number of different things: slightly lower plantings, slightly higher abandonment, another cut to harvested yield per acre, and that's what added up to to the total uh, downward adjustment. Um, I'll say a little bit more in a minute about whether we're done with that, but uh, U.S. Mill use was cut 100,000 bales, but U.S. exports were again were raised this time a quarter of a million. That's on top of the 400,000 bale increase in uh, exports in December. So that number is going up and production is going down. So we're really 
whacking away at ending stocks. So um, this this month's adjustment was down 1.1 million bales, which is a large cut and a late cut. Uh, I saw someone on Twitter pointing out it's the largest, latest cut ever in uh, this time of the year in, in U.S. ending stocks. And it takes us down. If we go back to November, stocks to use was at 40%, and December dropped to 33, and now we're at 26. So that that fundamentally justifies. I'd say it fundamentally justifies the rise in prices that we've had till now. And then there's other things that are that are coming in, and I'm sure we'll talk about uh, non-fundamental things that are may take prices even higher. But it's somewhat this this drop in in ending stocks is. Um, price supportive and uh, I'd say price explanatory because I think a lot of it was baked in. Um, so, you know, I, we can talk about what's going to happen. I, I just Let me just say this. With old crop futures trading in the low 80s, um, somebody better tell me because it's probably changed since I last, last looked. But uh, if we're at like 83... Um, I figure, uh, from a price standpoint, just from the hedge funds alone, I think we have another two or three cent possibility of upside. Uh, I think statistically, the last time I ran a regression on the thing, the hedge fund influence was was for every ten thousand contracts they went up net long. Um, that was almost a penny increase in the nearby future. So, if the hedge funds got back to the record sort of levels they were at back in two thousand eighteen, that's that's 30,000 contracts from here, and that's, there's three cents right there, and that says nothing about what commercials might be having to do buying themselves out of hedges and such. So there's, a, there's, there's still some fuel here uh, in the old crop situation. But the real, to me, the real serious implication of, of this tightening that we're seeing in this report is for next year because now we're going to be carrying in only 46 million bales of ending stocks into the 21-22 balance sheet. Then, with the way prices have been going, the relative prices suggest that 12 might be too high, but we're not going to plant more than 12, I don't think. And if we do, it'll be in dry, dry conditions that, that aren't going to yield much. Um, so I, I kind of see us winding up in a situation on the new crop balance sheet where you know, we only have like a 15 million bale crop. And now with this carry-in, only a 20 million bale supply. And if we export and spend 18 million bales, that's going to leave us somewhere really, really tight. And in terms of ending stocks, we could have 2 million bales ending stocks and like 11% stocks to use. And if that was to happen fundamentally, um, my other little uh, regression forecast model would suggest that we might have December 21 futures next fall averaging over 80 cents. That's that's what the forecast was when I plugged in 11% stocks to use and assumed some some level for the hedge funds. Uh, so we're I think we're getting set up for a really really tight uh, price outlook and, and balance sheet um, for this new crop situation. Pat, that's all I had, so I'll turn it over to you and let my colleagues fill in the gaps that I uh, probably. Uh, all right, let's just open it up for everybody. So are you saying things are friendly there, John? 
Well, it certainly changed. I, 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 there's no question if we look at the last three or four months here. I mean, it, there's been a huge change in in the you know the supply demand situation, the U.S. situation, and of course prices have <laughs> have done that as well. So I, it's kind of easy to say it's a little friendly when it's heading that direction. And I, I agree with that, by the way. I'm back. I don't know how much y'all heard or how much I've missed. We just we did make some corrections on what you said, John. Uh, okay, good. We suddenly realized you had it all wrong. And so yeah, <laughs> well, you, you gave a very nice report. The, uh, and, and Gerald wanted to know if you said anything that was friendly to him. <laughs> friendly to him? I, I, friendly to I'm him? I'm scared to death. I'm getting so friendly toward the market. Uh, it's a little scary to me. First, I want to congratulate my friend uh, Bill Crowder over in Alabama, North Carolina. He nailed his crop three months ago, and he's been right uh, every month. We, uh, those of us that have been in this business 50 years, believe in the historical record of USDA at NAS, and they just absolutely uh, abandoned their duty have done by far the worst job anybody could possibly do. AMS has usually been very good with their uh, classing offices in estimating the crop, uh, or not necessarily the way they look at it, the crop size, just estimating the gins, number of the bales left to gin. And they have a very strong historical record of being accurate. But uh, in a sense, they kind of won it too this year. So I wonder what... Uh, uh, as USDA got close to the election, they just kind of went with them, apparently. So they gave us some trash for numbers. And, uh, I, again, I say all that because Bill did such a good job of just absolutely nailing it. It tells us this problem no more than 14.9. And I really forget, I think it was only 14.95, which uh, uh, two weeks ago I thought it was still two or 300,000 bales larger than that. But what... I think if you say you are friendly to the market uh, with exports sitting where they are now and carryover down at four and a half million bales, uh, I would not be surprised to see us sell another three, four hundred thousand bales. Uh, and this market even tightens up further. We're going to sell everything we have. Uh, quality-wise, anyway, it, we're selling out what had been so. You, uh, we Before the program started, we were talking about uh, India's been extremely aggressive. Uh, one of our sources there told me they sold out uh, all their old crop. It's all gone. Uh, and they're dealing now with their current crop uh, in, in their terminology. Uh, and they, they, they're just very aggressive. We noted that uh, yarn prices in India are very strong. They continue to be strong. We've got uh, the, the, the Chinese uh, reserve is closed because the uh, domestic price in China is well above world prices. So uh, I think the reason the market's not been up any more than it has been, I think it was Gerald or Kip, Papa John too, everybody said it's already been baked in. Markets faded this report. I don't know that it could have possibly faded it to this, a, a report this particularly bullish, but uh, 
Uh, we'll, we'll just see. We still have, regardless, we don't have world stocks at 100 million sales, but we still have world stocks at 95 million. So there's still a lot of cotton in the world. That's the only negative thing I see. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Thank you for your time. You know, I kind of thought that, that you know, some of this reduction in the crop was baked into the market. I mean, there there had to be a reason we were up to 80 cents, but... I kind of felt like if we if we fell below five million bales in ending stocks, we would continue to try to climb a little bit higher. And you know, it's just a matter of well, how much more can we climb from now, uh, from from here? Um, we got resistance at eighty one eighty five. Then you know, I don't know where you go. You know, um, you know, could we get up to eighty seven or eighty eight? Uh, possibly, but you know, I, I guess uh, I'm, I'm hearing that you're starting to get some resistance from the mills to these higher prices. Um, and, you know, that's not universal, by the way. You know, some people are reporting some resistance to higher prices. Other folks are saying, you know what, we continue to sell cotton. So to your point that <clears throat> that this market, that, you know, exports could maybe be be raised another three to 400,000 bales is, is, uh, is well understood. Um, and... Uh, um, I, you know, we certainly have a little bit more upside to this thing, and I, you know, John, if, if you're suggesting based upon you know managed funds and everything, and what they could add to this thing, it you know wouldn't wouldn't be too surprising. Um, I mean, just if if you didn't know anything about cotton, just look at what's going on in the grains, and that's naturally going to drag you know cotton prices up some. Um, anyway, and grains just went ballistic today with, with, with their crop report, and that's all I know. I know enough about the grain market to be dangerous. Oh, you know, I just saw the reaction to, to the numbers. So uh, uh, it's going to make it really interesting on, on plantings for this next year. That's for darn sure. I'm gonna, if you don't mind, I'm going to follow up a little bit with what Gerald was just saying about the grain markets exploding. And I'm just like you are, I don't want to talk much about the grain markets because of, I just told you everything I know about it nearly. Um, but that kind of feeds into this other argument that we've been seeing, and that is a bit of food inflation, uh, particularly on a, a global basis. And, you know, there's this expression in agriculture or in a lot of commodities or a lot of markets that uh, a rising tide lifts all boats. And I think we're in a situation where cotton may be in that, that kind of scenario. We've seen before where um, prices have just exploded to levels we couldn't believe, even though the mills were telling us, oh, these prices are a little, little dear to us right now. We're not really, but all of a sudden the market will move since higher than that. And that's because the, the funds come in. And I wouldn't be surprised on this global sort of, of chat I'm hearing that the index fund, the passive funds come in a little stronger. We're going to see them adjust their uh, their percentages this month, and cotton should benefit a little bit from that. So, And if we get an influx of money, uh, I, I think we could just have prices go up because there are more, and the old expression, more buyers than sellers. and and it just moves a little higher of its own volition. Um, I, there are a lot of things going on here that are not, quote, fundamental or traditional fundamentals, and I'm thinking we may be in a scenario where they're going to have a bigger 
impact than they typically do for what that's worth. You know, one thing that was quite surprising was Friday on the Commitment of Traders report. You know, of course, those things end as of the Tuesday. And so last Tuesday was when the market had had made its run up to uh, 8093, I think it was. Well, so what I was surprised about with the Commitment of Traders report was not that the trade added about 1.2 million bales in, in in new short, but they added almost 430, just over 435,000 bales of new longs. I, <laughs> that, uh, that was a little surprising to me, and I'm not sure quite, quite sure how to interpret that, but uh, that uh, said the trade, somebody in the trade is friendly, let's put it that way. Jill, let me uh, compliment Phil, the crowd, let me compliment you. I know the last three months, four months, which when we would talk about prices, you would say give us some potential forecast that uh, uh, I thought was absolutely ridiculous. And uh, you said, oh, it might get up there. Well, it's gotten up there every single time. Uh, you've been dead right. Uh, and uh, now if you'd say it might go to 86, 87 is uh, <laughs> pretty clear to me. That just means now that you've blessed it, it will do it. Uh, <laughs> if not, people should call you and complain. Uh, but uh, there's just, again, with so much hedging already done, uh, even with, you know, it came to New York with the, to hedge some Indian crop, which is not always done. But doing that and all this hedging that's been done to me just opens the path to higher prices. And if for no other reason, as y'all have said, uh, follow the grains, follow the grains. And then just look at the trend for cotton. You can't go against that trend. Thank you. No. <clears throat> hey, guys, let's try something a little different. Let's open up this line and see if we've got any questions. We can come back to the discussion. I'm just curious to know if our listeners might have some questions of our group. Uh, let, me, uh, let me unmute these lines. If you're out there listening and you've got a question you would like to ask of our group, I'm going to open up this. Just feel free to come on and ask it. If it gets really loud, then we'll, we'll after a while, we'll have to mute it again. But uh, let's go ahead and open this up. All right, do you have any questions of our speakers? Do you yeah, feel that yeah, go ahead. Uh, do you feel cotton prices in the Delta? If you take a look at the increase in cotton prices versus the increase in soybean prices, it's enough to drive cotton acres ahead versus last year? It's, 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 it's going to be tough to drive them ahead of this past season. Uh, the tendency is going to be down a little bit, but at, these, at, the, at the yields the seed companies have given us, I think there's certainly some potential to do that, particularly if we can get uh, new crop December, what is it now, around uh, uh, 77. Just over 77. Seven, yeah, if we can get that up to 79 cents, I think without question we'll drive prices higher. The closer we're with our planning power, the closer we get to 80 cents, the closer we get to uh, the, uh, reasonably significant increases in acres. Well, oh, uh, you had mentioned this before. Let me interject this. Uh, it's is a moving target. You've got to look over at the bean market and November beans and December corn because if those keep exploding to the upside, 
you, you, I think that probably has to be factored into it. Oh, I, I agree totally. I agree totally. Uh, I mean, if, if if we only get a three cent increase for every fifteen cent increase in beans, then no, we're not going. And if beans go to eighteen dollars or something like that, free plant uh, or a free cotton plant, it's going to be tough to hold cotton. Well, just to let, as far as where the November close today, and if you throw a, a strong basis on top of it, which they're seeing, November November's earning about twelve dollars, I believe, and uh, and so you're comparing twelve dollar November soybeans to uh, December cotton at seventy seven twenty three, uh, and 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 you're looking at comparable levels in corn. So yes. I, I think that's the key. It's just you got to keep your eye over looking at the at the at the grain market because that's what these farmers are doing. And and it, it, this thing, I mean, it, it it could have the potential to move farther than anybody's thinking because I don't know where soybeans might go or corn might go, but it's telling you right now it wants definitely wants to go higher. Any any other questions from our listeners? Yeah, I got a question. Uh, South Texas is, you know, not too far um, from a calendar standpoint to when they'll be making a decision, but it seems there is currently a lot of indecision on whether to go with grain sorghum or, or cotton. Uh, you got any thoughts around that? Well, I haven't. Can you tell, what's your, um, what do you think your sorghum uh basis and what what your potential to lock in there what's your basis yeah i i don't know that off the top of my head i just know sorghum prices have made a pretty good jump yeah i mean i've heard that cash sorghum prices in texas are a dollar premium over corn and corn is pretty dang good so what I expect to see, I'm, I'm not saying what you should do, which I, what I expect to see probably is, is more of a return along the whole from the coastal bend down to more of a 50-50 rotation just because both markets are looking pretty good. Uh, John, we're hearing a dollar over for this year coming up in, in, for Milo. Uh, so, so, I mean, it, it, I think it's pretty strong. If, if any listeners are out there or in, in in the Lubbock area and that or north, what, what are you what are you seeing on basis for Milo? Okay. Any other questions out there? Yeah. Uh, hi. Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. I just uh, earlier. Um, they were uh, what you were saying. They were discussing the the outlook for planting mentioned on on in dry weather because the Texas situation is here. How will they raise the the situation for the Texas plants for next year in terms of the where will they drought this year? I'll take a stab at that. So so the effect of the dry weather over here since we don't really have the opportunity to switch to soybeans and, and corn is limited to where you are and how strong your water is, what I fully expect to happen is that 
particularly in the, in the South Plains, we're going to probably cotton acres will hold their own a lot a lot more strong. They may even go up because if it's if it's dry on dry, I mean the, the drought monitor is bad. The La Nina forecast goes through at least March. I'm sorry. It'll be John, dry at planting time. That's okay. It'll be dry at planting time, and if we have an insurance price in the upper 70s, that's going to, frankly, encourage a whole lot of cotton plantings. And then, you know, if it rains on it, it'll all come up. Or or it may, a whole bunch of it may fail, and just nobody knows. Nobody knows. But there's a setup for more cotton acres being planted than what relative prices would, you know, suggest. All right, we're going to go open the lines up one more time. We're getting an awful lot of static, but if you've got any, if you got a question when I open it up, feel free to go ahead and and, uh, and ask it. Pat, this any? is Bryce Still from Lubbock. Yes, um, yes. I wanted to comment on the Milo with versus the cotton. Um, I don't see really how we're going to get a lot more cotton acres than we already have because we always plant cotton to begin with. Um, but we are, we are going to probably be seeing a lot more competition with the Milo this year with the price the way it is. So I would see us probably holding acres on cotton, but I don't know how we'd go up any higher, especially with Amarillo North. They're probably going to go back to corn if the price is there rather than cotton. Uh, Bryce, how dry is it right now? I mean, as, as we look heading toward the spring, what what are the prospects as far as that goes? Um, north of Lubbock, we got about four inches of snow around Abernathy, but then you get past Abernathy going up further towards Plainview and everything, it's, it's dry, it's real dry. South of Lubbock, they've gotten two good snows the past two weeks upwards. Of some places probably have gotten 20 inches combined with the two events. But so, a lot of that was off the cap rock, so that's not a lot of cotton acres over there. But we're we're pretty wet south Lubbock right now, but if it don't keep raining, it's not going to matter. Okay. Any other questions? All right, let's go ahead and... Okay, guys, well, we'll open it back up for discussion, but I, I think everybody wants to know what the forecast uh, is for these markets, both old crop and new crop. Um, so we we can address that, and, and um, Gerald usually wants to talk first. So, Gerald, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> well, I was just looking at a, a March continuous chart, and, and um, I think I, I think looks like we're going to head – for somewhere in between eighty-four cents and, and eighty-nine fifty, um, so you know there's been there were a lot of, of ticks, closing ticks, you know, in the eighty-seven, eighty-eight cent range. So you know, somewhere between eighty-six and, and eighty-eight cents, I think, is, is a natural uh, progression for this market on old crop. Okay, and, uh, that, that's that's probably going to push new crop. You know, into the uh, probably eighty to eighty-two cent range. Okay, John, what are your your thoughts? Like I say, I could easily see uh, 
going to 85 or 86 uh, just from from the spec power that's that's out there and, and other uh, effects and the new crop I'm um, I can see it's going to 79 or 80 okay okay let's go to Kip Kip what do you think I can't argue with what either of these gentlemen said. I, I'm, I'm thinking my biases would go a little bit higher. I'm trying to put a handle on that because maybe I'm putting a bit more emphasis than I should on the grain markets and the potential food inflation. But I, I think that uh, I think there's just a lot of, of money that's sloshing around the system right now that I think can come to commodities and can come to agricultural commodities particularly with that. So... So if anything, uh, the numbers that I just heard, I, I might, I would say those are good, although they might be a little bit soft. We might even go a little higher than, than those numbers. I don't know where to put them, though, other than you know, just maybe a little bit higher. Okay. Away? Well, staying with old crop first with the potential for exports that I do think we have, and in sticking with my friend Bill Crowder's advice to me for the last three months, I think uh, I think the old crop has to go up to ninety cents. Now, when does it stop at eighty-eight seventy-five, or does it go to ninety-two thirty, or something like that? But we've got to look at ninety cents. Uh, coming up with new crop, I think probably with the we an understanding that uh, the, the the value of cotton seed, the oil content in cotton seed, as oil seeds go up, as beans go up, uh, the value from a cotton crop is going to increase as well just because of the value of seed. So I still think we can get up into the 82, 84 cent uh, price level for uh, for new crop for, for, for December. All right. Did we... Did we forget anything? Anybody else want to make any comments here as we wrap it up? One comment you know, I think we've all sort of moved from being somewhat bearish earlier in the crop year, in my case, very bearish, uh, to neutral, and now we've all sort of switched to a more bullish side of this market. Um, what tends to happen is, is when everybody gets on the same side of the boat, it's not a good thing. So I would think that from the new crop perspective, from a, a sort of planning, uh, price planting ideas, I would I would be thinking about getting maybe 10 or 15% hedged at or around 80 cents and not wait on the 84, 85 just to be sure I get something done. I wouldn't you know, put all my eggs in waiting for the, the big move because when we all think of that, sometimes it doesn't happen. I would just be a little more prudent along the way. Excellent point, Kip. I'm 10% sold presently. I want to be another 10% sold at 77 cents, which I guess is today. And then at a flat 80 cents, I want to add 30% to that. So by the time we reach 80, 80 cents, I'm already 50% sold. Okay. Uh and, and then they want to go up from there. <laughs> yes, a great point. Bullish as we apparently are, you know, it's it maybe time somebody to row their, put their oars in, in the water a little bit different, go a different direction. It's time for action. Mm. All right. Any, any other closing thoughts here? 
Okay. Well, uh, good meeting. Uh, we uh, appreciate everybody being with us, all our speakers. We want to thank again BASF for uh, their support and all their help because it means so much to farmers, to the bottom line. It's uh, very helpful, so we thank them. Uh, thank you, John, for leading us today, and that concludes this edition of uh, the Ag Market Network. Thank you. Thank you.